Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to the worst idea of all time. Coming at, coming at you live once again from the, the Monte Cristo, 30 metres below the sea. Yeah, 30 metres below sea level, surrounded by porpoises and the humans. The pressure in here is unbearable and yeah. the air is barely breathable. <laughs> the anticipation is palpable and my appetite is unsatiable. Insatiable. And dang it. <laughs> I know you did so well. Unsatiable. I was really throwing some shit out there, man. Yeah, we were we having got fun. Away of that. So uh, we've got we've got a little bit of an audience in here, uh, but the, some porpoise, some human, all paying. So thanks for dolphins thanks. in the house. Make some noise. Those are birds. Uh, <laughs> we didn't ask for the birds to make any noise. Human human punters, make some noise. <laughs> they exist. Our audience yeah. is real. Um, so we've just watched Sex and City 2 for the 10th tenth, the tenth time in the year. Yeah. Do you like the movie? No, not yet. <laughs> Still waiting for that tide change. Just hanging in there week after week. I asked you just before everyone started coming in if mm. next week you'd rather watch Grown Ups 2 or Sex and City 2. Yeah. You said you'd rather watch Grown Ups 2, which is bizarre. It's just that variety is the spice of life. And I've had, I've had about enough of Sex in the City 2 so, for right now. It's like the Counting Crows, Counting Crows song. You don't, know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. It's not the Counting Crows originally. I think it was... Uh, so you don't know what you've got till it's gone. It'll come to me. Good uh, point. Um, so, Tim. Yeah. It, this, is, this, is probably, this is the longest delay we've ever had between watching... Is it like a 10-minute buffer zone between us watching the movie and recording the podcast today? Yeah. So some of the, the frustration and the deep-seated disappointment that was pierced into your eyes and face has yes. left. You don't look as sullen as you did for the last two and a half hours. It's so nice of you to notice. How do you remember watching the movie today? Poorly and on a couch with you. And I actually, what I wanted to do was fit. So we, we came to the uh, venue where we're doing the live record now early to watch it. And it's very concrete and it's lovely, but it doesn't get a lot of natural light. And I thought it'd be a better idea because of the duration of the movie if we watched it in your car while overlooking a vista. 
And so like maybe park it up down by the water at the viaduct or something and we could see the harbour and, and look at the ferries coming from Devonport. Or um, we could go up the top of uh, Mount Eden and, and have a look across Tama, uh, Tamakino. Yeah. The, the, the what is the Māori for Auckland? I forgot. Tamaki Makoto. Near enough. Warm. Uh, well, I think that people understand what a vista is, Tim, but I quickly nixed that idea. Because while I <laughs> it's not great watching Sex and City 2 in, in a, anywhere, in any environment, uh, it's particularly, I wouldn't imagine, enjoyable watching it in a small car. I actually really love this movie. You do? Yeah. All right, come into bat for it. Yeah. Tell me your three favorite things about the movie. Well, it deals with relationships in an honest, frank, and relatable manner. One. Uh, it features four sassy ladies, which we don't get to see enough of these days on film, leading a, a tight cast of players. Two. Wait, why? <laughs> there was two. Yeah. Oh, so you're looking for three. Yeah. Uh, you s- yeah. Fantastic locations. I mean, my goodness, where are we? We're in uh, upmarket up New York, one moment. Uh, Abu Dhabi, the next. Uh, there's some stuff in an aeroplane. It really, it's an, ad- it's an adventure picture. The thing I like about this movie the most is that it could really fit under any genre. Is it a romantic comedy? Yes. Is it an adventure? Also, yes. An action movie? I would argue it is. What particular action sequences do you think would qualify it to be marked under action at, say, a DVD store or on a website where you might buy it? In particular, our Danish architect, Richard Spurt, who, uh, Ricard, Ricard rather, Spurt, Spurt. who comes in um, full guns blazing on that what did we decide it was, a BMW? They comes in on a Land Rover. They have sex on a Mercedes. Oh, I see. Uh, so when he comes in on the Land Rover and he's, and he's going through the sand dunes and stuff and he's, oh, he's, he's very action-y. And he says, uh, <laughs> he says, who could deal with meetings on day like today when there's sand dunes and sunsets? That's action. That is, that action. Is, that is not, none of that is action. Here's another it's a bit car advertisement. <laughs> a, um, a bodyguard pushes big when they're out at the uh, movie launch. It's a, a tight little action sequence. Action! Hallelujah! All right. Big time. It's an action film. Yeah. You're right, Tim. Maybe we've been looking at this the wrong way. I feel like what you described is what the pitch of the movie was described as to the makers. They say, we've got a cash cow here. Let's milk it. Mm. Who's thirsty? Who's calcium deficient? No, but you're, you're a, it makes you sound like it's a bad movie. But this is a great movie. No, well, I think that that was what was promised, and I think that to, to judge the movie that was made is perhaps unfair. I think maybe <laughs> the, the right way to approach this is to look at it as the movie that maybe they set out to make. Yeah. Maybe, do you think that's how we should assess movies and works of art? Not with what was accomplished, I think, but what I was think everyone intended. would be living lives that are more fulfilling and rich if maybe we just measured things on what they were meant to be Intention. rather than what they are. I certainly think that that would be a huge, like it would be a, a weight off everyone's shoulders if you were no longer, you know, held accountable for the consequences of anything you did. For example, uh, just diving into the world of the movie, when Garon is listing all of the fantastic things that the girls can do when they get to Abu Dhabi when they're first in the hotel, and he's saying, There's a, we have the pool, we have the spa, we have the beach, uh, we have the we beach have houses. Fitness facility. The intention behind that seems to be that there's more stuff to come, but it had to get cut on the editing cutting room yeah, floor. We've, so got, it's like we've, we've got, got a, a trampoline room. We've got a uh, zero-gravity gun uh, that you can <laughs> muck around with. We have 12 wild ocelots which roam the, which roam the hotel premises. We taught two chimpanzees uh, how to learn and communicate 
with humans and then they have taught their offspring and become we, terrifyingly intelligent? We have the original Toucan Sam, that Toucan Sam, the Fruit Loops mascot, was modelled on. We have him on, on the premises at all times. We've got the guy that Peter Jackson uh, used as his sort of body figure for King Kong. That guy <laughs> is <laughs> running amok. Andy Circus. He, he has been high on CD cleaner for months, and we we're actually trying to get rid of Andy <laughs> Andy Circus. We tagged him. Yeah. We put a tag on his ear, an electronic tag with a gun that we've got. And you know what he did? He convinced one of the chimpanzees to eat his ear. So now we're just tracking one of the chimps. We already knew where the chimps were. We've got a tight hold on them. But this <laughs> Andy Andy Circus is hopped up on CD cleaner. My God. He's a tight one to keep, Running around. keep track of. He's dressed up as Van Gogh as well for a fancy dress party. <laughs> it's outrageous. We've got a humpback whale in the paddling pool. We've got a... Uh, oh, I was about to reveal um, what I want to reveal during What's He Doing? Where's the off to? Should we just dive into that now? And just to show we've got a sense of humour though, we've also put an elephant in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and he has destroyed the butter. Very good. Oh, that was Very for me. That was for that me. <laughs> but now it's time for where's what is he, he going? Doing? What's, What's he up to? <laughs> oh shit! Pretty close. I really fucked that one up. That's we fine. just haven't committed to learning the name of that at all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the worst idea of all time. This is a podcast where Guy and I watch the same movie every week for a year, and we used to do it with grown-ups too, and now we do it with Sex in the City too. I realised that I hadn't explained it at the start. This anyone like jump in, anyone jumping in on this episode? <laughs> yeah, those are some terrifying <laughs> ramblings otherwise. <laughs> Thus concludes the intro for this it's episode. Odd, it's odd to think that, con- that, that context actually makes that conversation acceptable. I don't think it still would pass any form of sanity test. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's he doing? Where's he off to? Or, you know, whatever the combination of words are. Is a, there's a, an, a real scene stealer in the film. Uh, behind the behind the, the ladies when they're having they're lunching, uh, hashtag ladies who lunch. Um, there's a man just pounding caffeine, like, like just every every time you look at him, he's just putting more caffeine into his system. Yeah. The reason for this. Yeah. You posited. Yes. As he is. He is on his way back home to jump into a Scrooge McDuck style swimming pool of coffee. He of, ju- he like of scalding hot coffee. He got out of the house because he's got a coffee addiction. But he's also got a lot of money, which we can tell by his dress. And he's not wearing a dress. His dress sense. <laughs> he's wearing a really good suit. And um, so he's gotten out of the house because he's like, I can't be surrounded by my coffee swimming pool. It's too tempting. And then he just goes to a cafe and slams coffee anyway. And he's like, I need you back, baby. <laughs> yeah. I've missed you so much. And he jumps in and he burns his whole body. Wow. Yeah. But he's built up an immunity to it. He's like Hayden Panettiere in Heroes. Um, I think I said her last name correctly. Yeah, he's got a self-healing body, so he just keeps swimming in the caffeine pool. Yeah. It's a hell of a life he leads. Yeah, man. Too much. <laughs> For me, personally... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it I don't, out I don't, there. I don't agree with it. I'll be that lone voice in the darkness. I think having a scalding hot swimming pool of coffee that burns you every time you jump in it, I think it's a bit much. And I think having the ability to just regenerate those cells, like just heal immediately, is yeah. pro- could probably be better used elsewhere. Like and for, oh. for exhibit, for name exi- me name for me seven ways okay. you could better use that skill. Hayden Panettiere in Heroes, one. <laughs> I think she I think she battles evil. Um, okay, battling evil is one. 
you could play, you could play a profession, you could do UFC. You'd make a lot of money doing Ultimate Fighting Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll pretend like that's what it stands for, sure. What does it stand for? Ultimate Fighting Champion. Pretty, but that's the pretty league. Good. It's like, you want to say MMA. Yeah. Yeah, so an MMA I fighter. probably, if there's any UFC fans listening, I've probably offended them. By Don't worry, it. I won them back. <laughs> We're good. Don't worry about it. All right, so number uh, three. Uh, number three, you could, you could work as a wood chipper. You could... You could work with a wood chipper, and then as a as a joke, every time there's a new person on the job, you could be like, "All right," and the last thing you want to do is this, and then you jump into the wood chipper <laughs> and you get fired out, and he's like, "No!" and then you regenerate, and you're like, "Ah, gotcha." Four. <laughs> uh, he could he could oh my god, it's so many. He could mold himself. He could like cast like bronze molds of himself. He could get like he could get. He could get dressed up in fancy garb in different costumes that people want, and they could cast him as a statue in smouldering hot bronze. Uh-huh. And then, like, he'll get he'll get out somehow. But then everyone can have like customized awesome bronze statues. Love it. Five. <laughs> he could uh, commit to milking himself. He'd get a lot of work done on his organs, get some mammary implants put in, and be the first man to produce a quart of milk. We're introducing new skills, but I'll allow it. <laughs> Six? If I got one more. You got two more. Okay, two more. Uh, he could. I mean, God, this guy could do anything. His whole body can heal. He could just spend every, he could, every day, he could just do, you know, uh, uh, when um, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are on the top of a building and the other guys, and they're like, you with me, partner? And they yeah. just jump off. Hilarious. He could just do that as a joke every and day. Oh, he could do, he could do uh, and yeah, he'd make a, he could make a great sequel to Jackass. <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah. They're, they're kind, kind of the same, same one, yeah. That's okay, though. You did well. Well done, guy. That was Good a really long, long, ineffective improv game. I enjoyed doing it with you. The notes in my hand have worn off already. Attack them. Um, I can't read them. It's okay. You don't need to. Uh, we've been the first one was really important. I remember that. And I can make out the words Abu Dhabi. Yeah. This is good. This is gripping. This is it's gripping to listen to as it is to watch. I imagine there's a palpable sense of suspense in the room. I really can't read it. It's just chicken scratch. There's an. A, it looks like I've written C U R T H. C U R T H. Oh God. I don't know what I've written here. Why? Oh, why don't you? Why don't you look at your hand closer and figure out why she wrote that? <laughs> oh yes, the Steve Spelling Bee. Steve, uh, we thought it would be funny if every week Steve had to do a spelling bee. Yeah. And he just based on the phonetics of how he yeah, pronounces he spells words. everything phonetically. Because Steve's from Brooklyn or, I think. or, or Boston or Boston, they sound you, the same. You to go, us. Quit, Kiwis. Quit your job. 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 J A R B. Job. Job. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that is incorrect. Oh, I'll come back next year. <laughs> I'll get you eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about this one. Yeah, there's a sense of there was a genuine sense of worry in the room. I tried to perk us up by noting that if we had a progress bar, uh, ten out of fifty-two. If you just sort of count two as write-offs that happen later, like the last two are kind of you're on the home run, you're giddy. Yeah, but we're twenty. We're essentially twenty percent of the way through the project, which that's feels, depressing. 
See, like you pulled this shit on grown-ups as well. That means there's 80% to go. That is the wrong... It's all about perspective. We were at 0%. Mm-hmm. We're now That's at true. 20%. I guess so. We're humming along. Mm. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> we're a classic tag team, you and I. It's just... Where's it all going? <laughs> it's, going no, it's going nowhere. That's the appeal. Look at how what long that hair is I just pulled out of my sock. Can you see that? What was your shining light this week, Tim? Uh-oh. <laughs> You've really got me on the hop now. My shining light from today's watch. I'm pretty sure it was the note that I wrote in my hand that I can't read. Just it looks like I've said carbon. Abu Dhabi, the number four, the word port. Um, earth, maybe, and mermaid. So, like, I don't know. The first two lines, you can make out Abu Dhabi, right? Four post, four port. It's impossible to tell, guy. Um, I won't dwell it's on it terrible, too much. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, try, try not to talk about it too much. Because I cannot wait to dive into my shining light we for go. this week. Because I this see was the a, cogs of your mind turning. This was a moment in the movie that struck me today. Uh, it was so good. It was unbelievable. Because I'd never noticed it before. This is the first time I'd heard it. Easy on the preface. Let's get to the... It's the right big at, moment! Right at the end, uh, when it, Carrie and Big are talking, and they rehash their wedding vows from, I presume, the first movie that came out two years before the first one. Um, and part of their wedding vows was, to thine, to mine... No, that wasn't it. Oh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> It was really good. It was beautiful. It was poignant. It was memorable. <laughs> when you hear the words, <laughs> you, you will not be able to forget them, such as the, the, the gravitas they carry. I can't remember. It was. What was it, Tim? It was. Uh, I can't remember what the article was no, at you, the start. What, but it was thine, mine, there you ours. Go. Ever, ever mine. We've got ever audience mine, members have got it. Ever thine, ever ours. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. You, that obviously really grabbed you. Yeah, I, can t- I can tell by the way you retold it with misty eyes. I've seen the movie so many times already, and it just washed right over me. I didn't notice it. We both noticed quite a lot of lines in the movie today, which we hadn't noticed previously. Yeah. There's a moment where the ladies, one of the only times they actually reference the, the, the millions of wait staff that they've been given by the tourism board of Abu Dhabi. They yes. cheers them. For, yes. They cheers the camel. It's not like we're facing each other too much. I'm going to face away from you to the audience They cheers the now. camel drivers. Yes. I thought. Oh, that right. That was it. Yeah, no, you're right. They, they mention them by name. They talk about the people who have taken them out into the desert, probably the pennies on the dollar. They'll be getting paid absolute shit to shovel up camel feces. Do you know how hard it is to shovel up camel feces in sand? And especially that you, thin, you? fine you? Abu Dhabi sand. Yeah. How do you know? That's what I did out of high school. Fresh out of high school? Yeah. I moved to the United Arab Emirates and I um, shoveled. shoveled camel shit. For a while. What, for rich what, what brought on this, this career choice? You know, I wanted an adventure. Everyone else was going to university and I thought, mm, not for me. <laughs> I want to go on an adventure. The university of life. Yes. So the first place I went to, uh, funnily enough, was actually Nigeria. What, what did you do there? I learned how to scam people. Real good. Online by pretending to be a prince. And then I went to the United Arab Emirates for a while and shoveled camel shit. And then I moved to Boston where I got a job in a chocolate factory. Wow. Yeah. You there's didn't know this stuff about me, did you? 
Well, I'm sort of in a weird zone with you right now where I'm looking at you and I yep. know that what you're telling me is hideously True. inaccurate. Incredibly <laughs> but autobiographical your, and I'm opening up to you. Your scatty eyes and your big duffel coat and your ruffled hair mm. and this frantic energy that you're sort of putting out right now makes me think that this is a life you could have potentially led. Yeah, or more worryingly, that you genuinely believe this is a life you've experienced. This is the thing, guy. You think you know all there is to know about me, but we, we've only been mates for for a couple of years, <laughs> for a few years, mate. You had no idea where I was jet-setting off to um, just out of high school. And don't bother checking my passport because they don't, they don't stamp those ones with the chip anymore. So you won't see it on there. And don't ask anyone because I don't like to brag about my time in the Northern Hemisphere too much. brings people down in New Zealand. It's a real testament. Pe- pe- people like Guy went to university and they get real bummed out when I talk about all my travels. It's a real... Did I ever tell you about when I lived in the Netherlands? No. I was manning a windmill. Not a lot of people know this about windmills, but for every windmill in the Netherlands, there's a Dutchman in there with a sniper's rifle, just in case someone wants to go and steal parts from it, because weatherboards true. are very expensive over there. The black market in the Netherlands for weatherboards, for, for weatherboards, secondhand yeah. stolen weatherboards yeah. is insane. It's crazy. It's like how some people steal copper, and it's so valuable that they like electrocute themselves stealing the. The phone, so phone cables you were, out. You were trained as a sniper. I was a Dutch sniper. Yeah, and you, what, you, had, you created an entire Dutch alter ego? Yeah, I had to, to fit in. So did they know that you were not in fact Dutch, but a, a marauding? No, because I'm a master of disguise. What, was your, what was your name? Clogs Vanderberg. <laughs> and what, <laughs> how did you speak? Next question. <laughs> okay, we'll do a job interview. So I've just met you. I'm sorry, what kind of interview? You're applying to be the sniper at my local windmill. What would you call that? What kind of interview is this again? A, j- a job. <laughs> Thank you. You may proceed. Clogs, uh, I am German. <laughs> for a start, it's very interesting to me that you apply for this job. I have not heard, no one in this neighborhood has heard of you. You have no uh, sort of official documentation to suggest you have ever been to the Netherlands before. You just have an empty New Zealand passport. <laughs> How am I to believe that you are, in fact, a Dutchman and a trained sniper? Hans, let me throw this at you. <laughs> if there was a trace of me that existed, how good a sniper would I be? Probably terrible. You have the job. <laughs> Thank you very much. See, that's the thing you don't appreciate about the Dutch or being a master of disguise guy. You don't need to adopt an accent every time. If you use confidence and eye contact, that will get you through most times. People generally hate conflict, so if you can set up a situation where they're butting up against a brick wall and have to call you out on your shit, nine times out of ten, they won't do it. They will just give you the Dutch sniper job in the windmill. What a fascinating man. I've done a lot and of things. It truly speaks to how humble you are that it's taken until now in our friendship for you to bring any of this up. I mean, Don't for a lot of people, down. this would be the top conversational line at any dinner party, but not Tim Bat. I feel like my role in our friendship is to boost you up. I don't feel like it's about me. It's about you. <laughs> it's about the top dog over here. It's about my man, Guy I feel Guy like Montgomery. we need to reevaluate the, 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 pow- like the power dist- distribution in this friendship. Your backstory is tremendous. Yeah. You have a wealth of experience in a variety of fields I know nothing of. I'm not. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Not worthy to be in the same room as you. Oh, so you don't say that. There's no need for that. Do you have a shining light? Yes. It didn't happen in the movie, but I imagined it vividly. Well, this, I don't know, I'm not really sure if that's in the spirit of what the segment's about, but go on. So, Carrie comes home from Abu Dhabi having kissed Aiden, and Big doesn't pick her up from the airport. And she's sort of, he, he makes her sweat it out a bit, and fair enough. I mean, he's got every right to be furious. Because she just pashed Aiden. A former love. Uh, and he, he appears, and he explains, he, he says the vows, actually, is at a very similar time to yours. And he says, but until, until now, this is your punishment. I've already forgotten it. What is it? For thine? Oh, ever, ever thine. Ever yeah. thine, so ever, ever thine, mine. Ever mine, ever ours. Mm. He goes, here's your punishment. And it's to make, it's, a wed- it's the wedding ring, right? Yes. Well, I like the thing. He's not saying you have to wear this wedding ring to remind you that you're married. He goes, <laughs> this is your punishment. And he opens it up and shows a tremendous, like, 42 carat <laughs> sapphire. <laughs> you must, if you truly love me, you must chew through the <laughs> sapphire. <laughs> With your teeth. If you truly, truly love me, you will find the willpower <laughs> within you to chew through That's insane. this diamond using nothing but your teeth. Because you haven't worked in the diamond mines, eh? <laughs> no, as far as I know, neither of us have worked in the diamond mines, Tim. I most certainly have. <laughs> when I lived in the French Congo. It's just before I moved to Boston, but after the Netherlands. I guess it all gets mixed up in there, the, all the whole memory. Yeah. It's all just blurred into one. Oh, no, it's all there. Yeah, it's all there. It's all wrapping around in but, there. But um, what I can tell you is that it is not possible to chew through a diamond. I haven't tried to do it myself because I'm not an idiot, but I've seen a man try. That's why I well. think it's such a strong offer and challenge from Mr. Big. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know, man. I don't think you can present a hypothetical as your shining light. I don't know if I'm going to allow that. Yeah. I think I cut you a lot of leniency with your seven ways that Hayden Panettiere's power transferred to... Who was it who was going to I actually thought you sold me down the river with the seven ways that power would be better used. Yeah, that's true. I think you displayed any leniency. Uh, okay, I was going to go with 20. My, uh, my I sh- cubed it. 
my other shining light was another is another hypothetical situation <laughs> wherein uh, I don't think you're getting this. <laughs> Ricard Spurt and Steve uh, meet up and have a conversation. It's just the idea of those two navigating each other's ludicrous accents. <laughs> so Steve talking in a thick either Bostonite or Brooklyn accent. Or like maybe Ricard Spurt is the... I'll be the, Ricard. He's the official at the spelling bee. So he says the word. So I'll, our next contestant is Steve from Boston. And now you say my so word. I'm... You're Ricard. I'm Ricard. This and is the, hard. You're okay, the official. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Hello, Steve. My name is Rickard Spurt. Your word today. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. Could I have it in a sentence? Yes, you certainly may, Steve. Here it comes. Are you okay, mister? Absolutely, I am Danish. It is a very sexy language. You sound like you've been chewing diamonds. Steve, here is your example. I cannot get back into my hot coffee pool because it is filled with a hippopotamus. Language of origin. <laughs> Why, I believe it is derived from Latin, like me. Hippopotamus. I, P, 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 O, P, P, O, P, T, A, M, O, O, S, E. Hippopotamus. Steve, I'm afraid that is incorrect. I'll be back next year. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's spelling bee was a great idea. Fascinating. Um... Let's jump out of the world of the film for just a second. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, so, I did it once again, the internet. You just go in there to read the headlines, but never the articles. This is how I treat it. Um, apparently, word in the willows is, there is the little inkling of a third Sex in the City movie. Yeah, I saw that. I read those. <laughs> the, the fuck, right? <laughs> Who, just out of curiosity, have we got any Sex in the City fans in the, in the house crowd tonight? Yeah, we got a few. Don't be ashamed of it. It's a Embrace fantastic it. television show. Would you watch Sex and the City 3, the movie? Yeah. You would? Because we were wondering who would go to this movie. I guess still Sex and the City fans just want more punishment. Sheer curiosity from the crowd is the only, like a morbid fascination. They're abusing the, they're abusing the relationship they built between the characters like and the fans. It's a dead corpse in a cyclone just spinning by three times. It's like you, you want to be by the window each time it comes. There's still gruesome. Still don't want to look at it, but here I am. Yeah. Oh, there it is again. That dead, rotting, flesh-falling-off corpse. How did I get in the eye of this storm? It's insanity. I pledged, I pledged online that if it comes out and a Grown Ups 3 comes out, that we'll do it as a... We'll spend a whole day just watching that, that and Paul Blart Moorcock too. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll do that. That sounds like a fun way to spend an afternoon. No. It'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, look, I think... But yeah. So this is what confuses me about a potential Sex in the City 3 is the economics don't seem to stack up because with each um, set, like, few years that goes by, the women hate each other more in real life. 
you ca- you, you're, uh, you're Sarah but Jessica is, Parkers and you're Cynthia this is, this is, I mean, these are, this is hearsay. We haven't heard from any of them about their... Oh, it's common knowledge. Don't play cute with me, guy. <laughs> we all know that they fucking hate each other. And that's the reason why the second movie almost never happened. So they had to just solve that problem by throwing money at them. But as each movie comes along, surely there's a smaller audience, but you've got to pay... More. More for the actors. And at some point, there's like, it crosses over into the red. And it amazes me that d- that didn't happen on the second movie, to be honest. But to try the and amount get of ad- The amount of advertising they sell in a movie, probably in itself. I wonder how much people pay for that. Like, how much did um, Mercedes Benz pay for. That final shot. Yeah, for fireworks to be coming up behind it in a 4th of July style display where a Danish architect is slamming his penis... It's essentially... ...into a woman who's on the bonnet of the car, they who is, is 50 fucking two and will rock this dress. This, I will 50 fucking two and I'll, Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think what happened there is they literally just took a screen grab from a Mercedes-Benz four-wheel drive advertisement. I remembered what I wrote on my hand. <laughs> I remembered. I can't read it, but it just came to me. It's the fact... Do you remember now? No. That didn't trigger it for you? It's the... Okay. So early on in the film, like very early on, bearing in mind the whole impetus for the four women going to Abu Dhabi is because Smith has shot a movie over there called uh, Heart of of the Desert. Yeah. And the reason why he's over there now (laughs) is because he's shooting the poster for it. That's what he says when they're on the phone. Samantha and he's going back. We've uh, got a whole crew. going back. You're, to you're back in the Middle East. Yeah, I'm shooting the poster for the movie. You're shooting the poster for the movie. We've got Photoshop now, brother. You don't have to get on a goddamn plane and travel back to the country where you shot the movie to do the poster. It's a still image. That's but insane. I, I think it's that a, is fucking mental. It's a tremendous insight into the the headspace of the movie makers of Sex and City Two that they thought that that was a logically plausible thing to insert into. And they're filmmakers. The, these are people involved in the industry. Do you know what? I bet you what happened is the makers of Sex and City 2 were watching the edit, and yep. then half, like, at the start of it, they're like, shit, we haven't even shot a poster for this yet. And they're watching the movie, and then they see in the movie, he's like, oh, I'm back in Abu Dhabi to shoot the poster. They're like, oh, fine. That's a brilliant idea. We'll fly everyone back to Abu Dhabi to shoot the poster for the film. And then it bleed in. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Look. I, you lost me on that, I've got to be honest. You, you're I'm saying that the people who made the movie were so moronic that they forgot to shoot a poster, were watching their own movie, realised they'd forgot to shoot a poster, and stole the idea that they'd put in the movie of flying back to Abu Dhabi. Like, no regard for how stupid that is. Yeah, yeah. It only serves to strengthen how idiotic the, the people involved with this production are because it's just, you get it. We're labouring a dead, rotting corpse in a cyclone right now is what we're doing. We're flogging a dead corpse in a cyclone. We've been doing it. I really like that metaphor that I just made up. I'm going to see if I can use it. Yeah, I reckon stuff. that's going to really catch on. Yeah. When it's you a real going, user-friendly metaphor. You keep going. <laughs> like a corpse in a hurricane. Woo! I don't know why we keep going back to, your, to, to my parent-in-law's house for Christmas. Every year it's terrible, but we keep going back. It's like watching a corpse in a cyclone. I keep staring out the window thinking something else is going to happen, and it never does. I'm always disappointed, but strangely, you know, everything that I anticipated comes to fruition. It's that corpse again. We're in a cyclone still. Yep. <laughs> like wildfire. You know? <laughs> that will catch. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the movie, Tim? 
Yeah, here's what I want to say about the movie. It should have been shot in Australia, not the Middle East. Why? Because Australia is a fun place to be. And they could have had a better time, like, just as individuals hanging out there. They Sexual liberation is a lot stronger in Australia. Because it's the West. <laughs> you know? Clearly you've been watching this movie for too long. Like, they could go to a nudist beach. I bet that doesn't exist in Abu Dhabi. Even the new Abu Dhabi. A nudist beach. You know how much <laughs> Samantha bloody... God should go to town. But there. that's where... That's, I, I, yeah, like, I struggle... I kind of disagree with your suggestion, they but I struggle to argue against it because they botched up taking them to Abu Dhabi so badly. They could have fun with the accents as well because, it, you know, we're pretty similar to Australia too and everyone in the world thinks we've got really, really funny accents. So that's if Michael Patrick right King is listening to this, he'll be frantically writing down all these ideas for Sex in the City 3. Plus, they still could have got that hilarious camel toe joke in because there's tons of camels in Australia. So they could have done the same bit. <laughs> Do you know Egypt imports camels from Australia? <laughs> when did you learn that, Tim? I read it somewhere on the internet. <laughs> it's true, though. Australia has tons of camels. I know. You, you actually asked that question at one of your pub quizzes that you hosted. Did I? Yeah. Mm. Our team got it right. Well I didn't know you. that they exported their camels, though. Yeah, very lucrative. Especially Australian camels because they've got an Australian accent, so they sound funnier than all the other ones in the world, and people like making fun of them. Could you please do an Australian camel's accent? <laughs> and now, please, an Egyptian camel? <laughs> it's much more animated. Yeah, isn't it? There's the thing, it's that Aussie twang, it's kind of more piercing. It's hilarious, but you don't want to be around it for too long. Yeah. Plus, they spit less than normal camels. What, Australian camels? Yeah, because they chew tobacco, so they generally swallow what they're chewing in their mouth. Like their spit, their saliva, they keep it in there. What's, Did you know that? What's their home life like? What are their breeding habits? Their breeding habits of Australian camels mimics the breeding habits of Australians. What does that mean? Rampant and disease-ridden. They're very promiscuous Australian camels. They're not like your Middle Eastern camels, which are very conservative and tend to cover up their genitalia. Did you know that? You tell me that, 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 do you mean to tell me that Egyptian camels have a sense of shame, of yeah. bodily shame? 100%. And Australian camels have not yet developed that part of their brain. Classic Guy Montgomery. Classic you. You think that because Australian camels show their bits, they're less developed than Middle Eastern camels? They're more developed. Because they're proud of their bodies. The sexual liberation movement has come thick and fast to Australian camels. It's classic you to misread the situation, you Luddite. I, I, I don't really a, have a rebuttal to this. It's so far-fetched and we're so deep inside it and I'm barely keeping a handle on everything as it is. You've just lambasted me. Wouldn't it be good if the third sex in the city movie is... Miranda dies and it's like Weekend at Bernie's where they've got to keep her job going and everyone's playing a role. Yes, that would be funny. And they have to, like, they keep the ruse up for Steve. Yeah. What's wrong? <laughs> You've been so stiff lately. Yeah. Oh, so Steve is not in on it too. No, the so girls they, are keeping it on her alive for Steve. They've got her rigged up to, like, strings like a mannequin... Um, what's that called? Sweetie, can you, can you drive us home from the movies? I think I'm a bit drunk. And Samantha keeps having to, after they turn the lights off in the bedroom, Samantha keeps having to have sex with Steve. 
It's actually very loving if you think about it, because Steve's been through a lot in his life, and the girls are just trying to spare him this as well. Now, here's the kicker. While all this is going on, Brady, because he's a scientist after winning that blue ribbon at the science fair, that really well, inspired he, he him. He knows how to harness the power of mice. Yeah, he is spending all of his time in a lab that's attached to the apartment downstairs, subterranean, trying to find out how to reanimate dead people to bring his mum back. Wow. Yeah. You've written a pretty exciting new movie. Yeah, it's called... <laughs> what is it called? Weekend with Steve. Terrible name. Um, I'll work on the title. The working title is Sex in the City 3, Party at Samantha's. <laughs> is there an actual party that happens at Samantha's, or is that quite yeah. a, a thinly, that's, that's, thinly that's, veiled allusion to a party happening That's where the death happens. Samantha's. Oh. Miranda dies at Sam's party. How does she die? Is it through maybe a drug overdose? Is it no. some sort of accident? Does no. she drown in a pool? How do you shit on the illustrious tradition of HBO's Sex in the City and just make up your own crazy ideas? It's a high society fundraiser that they're attending to raise money for People Australian People take camels. drugs at high society fundraisers. People idea fundraisers. Yeah, but fundraisers. it's not displayed in Sex and City. They don't deal with that kind of... That's not them. Yeah, you're right. That's it's really unfair of me. The notion of three of the girls puppeteering their best friend as a corpse, one of them voluntarily sleeping with her husband, that is very much in keeping with the franchise thus far. You forgot But Brady. I do think that the reality of a drug overdose or a drowning in a pool at a high society fundraiser would shatter the carefully crafted world that the creators have so far built with their fans to a point that is unforgivable. I apologize profusely to you, Tim, for wasting your time. The listener, I'm sorry that you decided to forge this path into the podcast and I upset you in this way. My parents, who I know are deeply invested in the world of sex in the city and will be very offended and upset by the notion that I have proposed. Do you want to hear how she dies? Yeah. Okay, then I'll tell you. At their fundraiser for cleaning up STIs in the Australian camel community, which they have held at Samantha's house, they have a giant ice statue of a merman holding a sword. And Miranda gets too drunk, just like we saw in Abu Dhabi when they're doing karaoke. She gets too drunk. She was, love she was perfectly drunk in Abu Dhabi. Very drunk. She looked like a good time. And she starts dancing with the ice sculpture and its sword snaps out off, off and stabs her and kills her. But everyone's very confused because it happens after the party's ended while no and one's in the room. And there's no murder there's weapon. There's no murder weapon, yeah. So the first half of the movie is them trying to figure out how Miranda I died. I feel like, now you're obviously more of an expert on the matter than I am, but I worry that death by being maimed by an ice sword Yes isn't necessarily in keeping with the reality of the world that Sex in the City has thus far created with its fans. In what way <laughs> is it not? In what way is it incongruous? In I just don't know congruous. that they've, they've dealt with... Wait, which one's which? And I also fear that fans would accuse the show of jumping the shark, if, you know, which it may have already done at this point, if Miranda was to be killed off in such a far-fetched fashion. Have you ever heard of a death like this? No, that's what makes it so exciting. You're all over the shop, man. <laughs> it's uh, going to be a great movie, and I, for one, can't wait till it comes out. 2017, summer. What's Watch it, out for what's it. What's it called? It's called, it's working title is Sex in the City 3, Party at Samantha's.
It's not a strong title, I'll give you that, but that's why it's the working title. It's a pretty strong premise for a movie, though. Yeah. Uh, I'd like this. I'd say it's probably all we've got time for right oh. now. All right. I've got to do some work. <laughs> okay, bro. Fine. Is that okay? <laughs> I mean, I know you're having a lot of fun just talking about Sex and City 2. I love that movie. There's no getting around it. Let me say this, because I love ending things on a negative note, apparently. Because I think it's important for me to get this off my chest. And I, I think we may have brought it up before, but I don't give a shit, because it's important. There's only one moment of tension in this movie, Sex and the City 2, that we watched for the 10th time today. There's only one moment of tension, genuine tension, and that's when Carrie loses her passport. And it is resolved approximately 150 seconds later in the film. Because they just go back to the marketplace and find it, and it's there, and it's fine. The amount of time between the situation arising where it's like, oh my God, we might have to fly home coach, which first of all, fucking raise the stakes, Michael King. Holy shit. Make them miss the whole flight. Don't make the threat flying home in coach rather than first class. Christ, no one can relate to that who's going to see this picture. Jesus, mate. So anyway, it's horrible. That's like 1% of the duration of this movie. It's like two minutes that he holds me in some sort of Oh, will they, won't they? No, it's fine. Fuck. How much better would Sex in the City 3 party at Samantha's be? You're constantly on the edge of your seat. What's going to happen at the party? Miranda's dead. Fuck, I didn't see that coming. How'd she die? Let's figure it out. There's no murder weapon. Eventually, we sorted out at the beginning of the second act. Holy shit, ice sword and it melted. That's why the floor was wet. It all makes sense now. And then Weekend at Bernie's slapstick comedy to end the whole things off for Acts 2 and 3. It sounds like a muddled, confused movie. It you've sounds got incredible. You've got a murder mystery in the first half, and yeah. then suddenly it's a caper comedy yeah. for the second half. And a dark sci-fi at the end when Brady discovers how to reanimate his mother. What you've just described is the movie that you were hoping Sex and City 2 was at the start of the podcast. That is a multi-genre romp. It's good, eh? I'd fun that. I'd like to sign off on that. I'll co-sign that. All right. I think, I think, I think that might be us um, for another week. But I'll tell you what. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for In coming. In no in. way does it compare to what we're doing, but it's still appreciated. Thanks. <laughs> thanks very much for coming down. Give yourselves a round of applause, please. It's great. Thanks for supporting the Monte Cristo. Just one more week. Tim, do you want to plug your show? Oh, yeah. Uh, come to my show, Dirtbags, or else I'll be really sad. Um, I, I'm pretty sure because I'm doing a three-week run, everyone who ever could want to see the show has already seen it. So <laughs> prove me wrong because I'm not performing to an empty room for five days. That would just that'd make my year. You're a champ. I feel like this wasn't the most positive podcast of all time. Can you say something inspiring and uplifting? I feel like I've done a lot of heavy lifting here, mate. Step it's because you just start talking and then your imagination runs wild and suddenly we've got a, a bloody corpse. You've got a lot of corpses in your mind tonight, Tim. Uh, treat every day like game day. Go on. What does that mean? People don't want a lot. They want a long... Is look, your mic just, still plugged in? I hope not. They oh, want just go. a... They just want a bite. They want a bite-sized... They want to see treat every day like game day in front of a beautiful beach at sunset on Instagram. That's what people want. And that's what they got. We'll see you next week for episode 11 and at some point in the not too distant future, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 as well. Stay tuned for that. Love your face. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming, everybody.
worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time.